Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. We are. This is our second episode of the week. Indeed. This is not going to be a regular thing, folks, mm-hmm. um, for... I mean, as much as we would be more than happy to sit around and watch TV. Right. And talk Tim, about it. Tim could come over every night and watch TV for all I care. Uh, but... Kids would get really tired of him. Trinaya would just be like, ah, Tim Harvey is back again. Yes, yes. Uh, but we have two episodes of The Walking Dead Universe this week. Mm-hmm. And last night we recorded the season finale of The Walking Dead. Right. And tonight we are recording the... Season premiere. First episode of the Fear the Walking Dead reboot. Right. Which basically has none of the original cast in it. (laughs) Well, well, at the end they all show up. Yeah, but when we start watching this, we are 15 minutes into the show and not a single member of the original cast has shown up. And you said, when... But they reboot. They reboot hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it starts off, Morgan is still in the garbage dump, and Jesus shows up mm-hmm. as kind of a representative of Hilltop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey man, I thought we were real vibing, and maybe you could come back to the Hilltop and chill, or you can chill here, or we can chill somewhere else. It's all just places, and all places are one place. And Morgan's just looking at him like, how did I let you convince me not to kill people? And then then Carol shows up, and she's kind of representing the kingdom, and she's she's got a, like, real, you know, argument of, you helped me through my crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to help you through yours, and you can make we can make it through the other side. And he's like, no. And then Rick shows up, and I honestly don't even remember what Rick said. Just Rick like, basically said that you, I'm alive because oh, of you, right. and and that means a lot of people are alive because of you, and that matters. And come back with me and be a part of this world that we're building. And you you can you can hide, but you can't run. Right, and so. So before Eugene could show up to try and convince him to come to the to the sanctuary, I've come here to to, to speak to you about returning with me at this time to the to place the, that I would like to go to with you at this time. It's a place where heretofore I have been, and I too forever will be. Luckily, this does not happen. Yes, Morgan decides he's going to run because <laughs> he knows it's coming. Uh, the four hundred and fifty-seven miles from. Washington D.C., which is where they are, roughly, roughly yeah. to Houston, Texas, where roughly this, where roughly Fear the Walking Dead has decided it's going to be taking place. Right. So he walks for a little while, and he gets a car and drives that until it runs out of gas. And, and I could he... spend a whole lot of time to, once again bringing up the fact that cars do not work the way that they work mm-hmm. in this show because. Batteries die. All the batteries in the world are dead at this point. Right. Um, Gas is all dead. It's all gone bad, and and the batteries are all dead. But nonetheless, it's actually a pretty effective traveling sequence without actually giving you a whole lot of, you know, sitting in... You you don't get the shot of him sitting inside the car driving along. Mm -hmm. You get to... You watch the... I like to imagine, especially 
in shows like this where like they're just kind of like scavenging the cars mm-hmm. that like you know they go through the CD collection in there and you know this this person only had Britney Spears <laughs> so for th- th- for you know 350 uh, miles however long a tank of gas lasts he's he was you know listening to Hit Me Baby one more time I'm pretty sure he would have ripped the tape or CD out and tossed it out the window uh, <laughs> yeah, and then gets another car, drives some more. So we estimated that walking, walking like if he were to walk, say twelve hours a day, which would be completely impossible. But if he were to walk twelve hours a day, he would make it from DC to Houston in about thirty-eight days. And but if he drove for a little bit, of, you know, say quarter of that. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, yeah, you could do it in a month without any trouble, right? So, finally, he comes across, um, like, people, or, like, a man that he he finds in a car, and he's, like, laying in the back seat, shivering. Yeah. And Morgan sees that he's got, like, a gash in his leg, and so he leaves, gonna leave him some stuff to take care of. The man's like, no, take that and go. And, and, Well, Morgan's know. like, I'm just trying to help. You know, you know, you're out here all alone, and the guy looks at him and goes, in this world, we're all alone. alone. And Morgan takes his alcohol and his bandages, and he walks on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds himself moving through a forest, and he sees a walker, and he hears a voice, and sees a light. The episode actually starts... starts with Garrett Dillahunt, yes, who is a fantastic uh, actor, who I love, who I don't think I can think of a thing that I have seen him in that I have not just loved him. He was in Raising Hope. That's where I actually mm, first okay, saw sure. him. Mm-hmm. But before that, he was in like all sorts of like serious dramatic stuff. He does a great villain. He is a oh. great uh, dramatic hero. He does. He's fantastic. Fantastic. And actor. he's really funny because oh, he yeah. Raising Hope's comedy. And then he was in. He was in the Terminator. Sarah Connor Chronicles for a little mm-hmm. while, and and uh, I think he was the villain in Life, which was a, a one season, two season uh, show that I really, really enjoyed. But yeah, fantastic actor. Um, and the episode actually opens with him giving essentially a monologue. Now, if you have read our written reviews mm-hmm. and listened to our early audio reviews, we have more than once railed against the fact yes. that The Walking Dead has a has a monologue problem, right? And every now and again, they give us a genius one, or something that's really, really good, or very funny, or very, very sad. But for like the first two seasons, every time there was a monologue, they averaged about two minutes long, and we were in hell Right. every time they did one. And every episode was like, okay, whose turn is it to monologue? So on one hand, I'm like, oh God, he's just going to sit there and talk into the darkness. And I'm like, oh no, but it was actually... Really funny. It was really, good. really funny because, and, really, and kind of sad. Yeah, I mean that was it was it was an interesting thing because you literally are watching a guy stand there in the dark next to his car in a fire, talking about talking to a noise he's heard, and talking about how he hasn't spoken in a year, and he mm-hmm. does the sound of his own voice is weird, and he starts you know saying words that he finds interesting and mentions the woman that he you know had something with and now she's gone. And, you know, how much, you know, he still has popcorn left. We had a lot of popcorn. And, I mean, it's this, it's this great little quirky, weird monologue that I it worked think, really well. Oh, yeah. 
And then this walker comes out of the woods, and he's kind of like, eh. Pulls out his gun and shoots the walker. The walker goes out, and there's Morgan right behind him go, about to stab the walker in the head going, Oh. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> and Morgan's still not keen on people. Like, there's a point when, in his travels where he walks out into a clearing, and there's a group of people kind of walking the other direction, mm-hmm. and he's like, nope. And he turns around and walks the other way. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, if you're... For the few of you who might actually be watching Fear the Walking Dead and not watching The Walking Dead, Morgan's emotional state is very fragile. Mm. Because... You know, he gets attached to people and they die and he loses himself. Right. I mean, it's... it's Which is really, you know, very similar to the, the problem that Carol had had. Yeah. They just deal with it in different ways. And, and in some respects, Morgan's been carrying that trauma a long, around a lot longer than Carol has. Mm-hmm. And, and it's... He was alone for a large chunk at that time, which I think was really rough on him. Because then he wouldn't be when he came back into contact with people and became part of a group again, having some of that stuff go be ripped away was even right. worse. So, so uh, Garrett Dillahunt's character is John Dory, like the fish, only mm-hmm. I, uh, I E instead of Y. Yeah, <laughs> he makes a point of this. Yes, and and, and I'm now in love with him <laughs> because he's just so goofy. Like, he's like, hey, you want so I can cook you something, I've got some beans, and I've got some beans. And <laughs> Morgan's like, I'm, no, I don't, I don't think so. And so he's like, well, just spend the night, you know, and, and Morgan lasts maybe 35 minutes after John Dory falls asleep before yeah. he, like, gets gets up and, and heads out. Mm-hmm. Um, and runs a of a group that set up this tent with a light in it. Mm-hmm. And so Morgan walks up to this tent and he opens it and there's no one in there. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to sleep here tonight. And then he's waylaid and he's being held by this group and they're going to take all this stuff and kill him. Right. And uh, John Tory comes to rescue him and is promptly captured as well. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here to help my friend. And they're like, yeah, we got friends too. Yeah. And so... So they're all about, they're about to be killed and their things stolen, and and then this giant SWAT thing rolls up, and inside of it is a woman named Al, Althea. Althea, who's played by Maggie Grace. Who is a, a, I like to think of Maggie Grace as a genre actress who didn't know she was going to be a genre actress and just kind of fell into it. Because she was on Lost, and wasn't she... She's been on a ton of... Well, she was in the Taken series, mm. and, and she was in Twilight, mm. the Twilight Saga, and, you know, I, I did not actually like her in Lost. I found her character... And that was her character. Well, you know, the I problem, think that was an interesting she, thing. They didn't... The, the, here's the problem with Lost. Lost was Destination Television, but it was by far not as good as everyone said that it was. And one of the problems that Lost had, especially in like the first season or two is that they did not know what they were doing. They sold the concept, but they had no clue what the actual story was supposed to be. And so just about the time Maggie Grace's character started to get interesting, they killed her off. Yeah, well, and I think they, they ran into the problem of the giant ensemble cast. Uh-huh. Is that if you want to make each character interesting and give them a plot, you then have to treat those characters uh, with a kind of... 
I don't want to use the word dignity because mm-hmm. you don't have to do that when it comes to fiction. You can treat characters horribly in fiction and, and get away with it. And sometimes that's great storytelling. Right. But there's just something about... I mean, that cast was gigantic. Right. And, and, they, the, and they didn't handle it well as well as The Walking Dead has handled it. Because they've... I've seen, like, like Greg Nicotaro and... He says, like, we're the one of the only ensemble cast shows where, like, Rick will disappear for four episodes in a row. Yeah. And we'll focus on other characters or other parts of this world. It doesn't have to be these, like, we don't have to have, you know, Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus. Right. In every single episode, we can focus on other characters, you know, and and still be okay. And Lost didn't feel like they could do that. They no. had... Well, know. and you also build that kind of world building when you're when you're playing with that kind of big sort of supernatural, mystical, whatever it is, mystery... And you establish such big ideas and, and really odd concepts. And then you just don't pay off mm-hmm. in a way that... And, it, and you know, I mean, it's, that's a risk you take with any time you get something that right. elaborate. But here, of course, you don't have to worry about that so much. So, I, I, you know what? Maggie Grace looks fantastic as a brunette. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to completely say that I think I love she, her little lesbian she looks great. And I, I, I don't know where she's getting her hair done in the post-apocalypse, but she's... Clearly, she is someone who's taking care of her. Yes. So she rolls up and she, like, <laughs> trades Morgan and John's life, John Dory, tra- trades their lives for a cup of, crate a cup of noodles and a crate of palm oil cigarettes. And she does this because she's in a SWAT truck and she opens up the side and she has, and there's two machine guns. You know, the kind of ones that are mounted. Yeah. And they're basically trained on, on these guys. And so there's an establishment of basically that she knows who these people are. They know who she is. And she basically gets what she wants and has a certain amount of authority because she's backed up by two very large guns. Right. She's got this giant truck that is armored so nobody can get in her get at her if, they don't, if she doesn't want them to. And she's mounted these two machines. Kind of jury-rigged it to where... Yeah. She can control them. She can fire them and control them from a handle inside the cab of the truck. And there's clearly some history between these group of people and right. her. And so she's got Morgan and 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 John Dory. I think we're gonna have to re- yeah, call him John, John Dory, Dory. Uh, in the in the truck. And she's like, okay, so um, you guys owe me. And you know, Morgan's like, well, I'm, I'm getting out here. And he she goes, no, no, you're not. You owe me. And at first they're like, how'd you get this truck? Like, what's going on? Are you in the military? And she's like, no. So she takes them to a trailer park and, like, lets them out. And she's like, I'm a journalist. I'm here. To, I want to collect your stories. And Morgan's like, uh, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> John, John Dory's like, huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you about, about this woman who I was in love with. We were together. We were together for one time, and then she disappeared. And and it's an interesting kind of thing because he's kind of not really telling a whole lot, mm-hmm. but it's enough that um, you know it's just, it's an intriguing kind of thing. Yeah, and essentially, he was alone for a long time, mm-hmm. and then he he met a woman, and they were together for a while, and they had some sort of feelings for each other and then they were separated in some way and he has one six shooter 
and she has pearl the handle pearl handled six shooter and she, she has the other pearl handled six shooter and he's trying to find her and that's pretty much all he says but that's not that's not the end of the no, story no there's clearly there's, a lot more to it yeah and I have a horrible feeling. This is my horrible prediction for oh, no. John Dory, which is she left him for a reason. And whatever it is that she does not want to be found. If she's still alive, she doesn't want to be found. Or I don't or she's dead and yeah. she's been dead all this time and he's he's convinced himself that if he just goes looking for her, he doesn't have to think about it. I don't want I don't want him to end up being like the secret bad guy or the secret I don't crazy. Either. I really like Garrett. Garrett Dillahunt. And and I've liked a lot of the things that he's done. And well, I, John I, Dory is just looks like such a sweetheart puppy dog. <laughs> and like Well, but he says at the end of the episode, spoiler for alert for yeah. the end of the episode, where he basically says, you know, I know I may not find her. Mm-hmm. But if I'm out there looking for her, then I'm out there looking for her, you know. I don't have to think about right. the fact that I may never find her. And and you know, there's something there's something there's a truth to that. So right. even if I, don't, I was waiting. Eventually, he says her name. Her name is Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of like, because they said they've they've kind of said that they're not going to explain how. Because at the end of Fear the Walking Dead last season, they were on the the uh, dam, mm-hmm. and Nick was with the gangsters, right? And uh, what's his name? The old man. Oh, uh, uh, Ruben Blades. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. And I think was, was uh, what's his name up there too? Or was he with the women? Oh. He, uh, Madison and Alicia were in a boat. Victor? And Victor was, was Victor with them? Victor, yeah, I think Victor was with them. They were escaping. And basically Nick was holding off until he's going to blow up the dam and mm-hmm. waiting for them to get out of the way. But... Through circumstances he were that were beyond his control, he had to blow up the dam early, mm-hmm. and so Alicia and Madison and Nick and all of them fell, and the water washed them all away from each other. Right, and so uh, from what I understand, in the hard reboot of Fear of the Walking Dead, <laughs> they are not going to explain how the people who are together got back together. They're not going to talk about. What happened in what is obviously like an 18-month time jump, because now it's modern. It's got to be at least 18 months, because the last, I think the last three seasons or so of Fear the Walking Dead only made it like four or five months into the apocalypse. Well, we never had a sense of, and that's one of the problems with with both shows, that they don't really do a good job of establishing time. And really the only way you can mark time on The Walking Dead is by how old Carl is and how old Judith is. Right. You can't, or, 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 no, I'm sorry, how old Carl is or how, how old, old Judith is, because these are mutually exclusive <laughs> yeah. time frames, but you don't think about that too much. Right. With Fear the Walking Dead, it's really super vague. Right. And so, anyway, it doesn't matter. But in any event... Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, now, but now, obviously, since Morgan has left mm-hmm. at the end of All Out War and walked to Texas, it's a time jump has happened for Fear of the Walking oh, Dead. Yeah. Now it's modern. Now it's caught up to The Walking Dead in time. Right. Uh, so, 
they're at this trailer park. Right. And um, Morgan's like, why, why, why are you doing this? This is... This is stupid. And she goes, this what? is stupid and you're stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go? Yeah. She's like, you still owe me. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't no, really feel I, I need to. I don't think that I do. And... <laughs> So he's getting ready to go, and and John Dory's like, "Hey, wait up, wait up, wait up!" And he gives him some popcorn, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You know, you sure gonna be okay out there?" No socks, pop oh, socks pop, with popcorn. Sock, on them. There we go. Yeah, and <laughs> and then uh, the jerks from before show up. Yeah, because they've decided that they want Althea's truck. Yeah, and. And she's like, no, you can't have my truck. And they're like, well, we're going to take your truck. And and so there's a little, there's a fight. They fight. They fight. And, uh, like, um, at first it looks like John Dory and Morgan and Althea are not going to win. But yeah, then John Dory, like, to escape from these guys opens up one of the trailers and, like, a clown car's worth of walkers start coming out. Well, well first he and Morgan actually do get into a fight with these guys. You know, they, they start lashing out. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, four guys around him. And they're, and they're, but there's guys on the roofs with guns. And so, you know, even while they're trying to fight the guys on the ground, they're getting shot at from above. And that's when he runs over. Yeah. And he uses the door to one of these trailers as a shield. And then, yes, it's like... It's like one zombie, two zombies, three zombies, Seven twelve zombies. zombies. <laughs> Where are all these? It's like this is not that big of a trailer, right? And so, so Morgan, so Althea, the guy is fighting the leader mm-hmm. guy, and he like pushes her down or punches her in the face or whatever, and like climbs up in the truck, and he's like, "Where are the keys?" And Althea shakes some keys at him, mm-hmm. and then throws them. And so he goes running for the keys and gets bitten by a rattlesnake and then bitten by a walker, right? Um, meanwhile, Morgan has climbed up onto the top of one of these mobile homes. Now, okay, um, I grew up in Texas, Mm -hmm. in central Texas, in the Hill Country. Mm -hmm. Um, the ground in certain parts of Texas, and it looks, here's, okay, all right, um, film is not particularly kind to Texas. Right. Because it tends to, to portray it all, Texas, as... A flat, arid, like almost like Arizona right. or or Utah or not even Utah, like a flat, arid place. Mm-hmm. And Texas is not like that. Texas has all sorts of different climates. Um, where I grew up in the hill country, it's very hilly and and very temperate and and uh, and but but where this show is supposed to be taking place in Houston or around Houston. It's more of a tropical climate. It's wet. It's rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that in Texas is pretty uniform throughout, uh, the ground is not hospitable to basements. Right. So, like, you, when you are building your home in Texas, you are building it either in the hill country, which is, like, seven inches of topsoil and then granite for 700 feet, or you're building it in, let's say, Houston, which is... Mushy, like swampland. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what well, that's what Houston was before it became Houston was a swamp. So the ground you can't like dig into the ground and create a basement, right? So manufactured homes 
are really, really popular in Texas. Mobile homes, double wides, mm-hmm. even like two story homes can be made, like built in a factory, right. brought to your property and set up, and you just basically have to either pour a foundation or, or your build your stilts or whatever it is that you have to do for your particular area. Mm-hmm. So what we are seeing is not like mobile like like mobile homes like trailers like RVs and stuff these are like double wide like manufactured homes right. is what we're seeing um so Morgan climbs up on the roof and there are several that have giant air conditioning units on top of the roofs right and these are the big industrial i mean they're, they're like what, four feet by four yeah. feet wide. Like the, I mean, well, are... I mean, the ones you would put on a house. Right. Or, but you wouldn't put it on the roof of a house mm-hmm. because it would fall through the roof of a house because they weigh like 700, 800 pounds. Right. And you definitely put it, would put it on the roof of a manufactured home because those are made of tin. <laughs> and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> I love that they did that. Can't wait for, like, you know... I'll I'll probably have my Texas moments by watching and the show, and that's perfectly fine because I'm I've been to Texas, I've been to Dallas, mm-hmm. um, and I spent probably about six hours in Dallas. Mm. Uh, I've been to Galveston Island, mm. which is a lovely tourist trap little town, mm-hmm. but I had a wonderful time in a ho- you know hanging out in a motel by the ocean, and I don't get to see the ocean enough in my life, uh, being a Midwesterner. And I've been to California exactly once. I've been to New York, uh, so I've, I've, been, I've seen oceans. You've been around. I've been around. I've been. I've been places. You've seen a thing. I've seen a thing or four once <laughs> um, from a distance. I saw a girl. <laughs> we lived together for a time. <laughs> we had some feelings. But you know, it's. I don't have as much experience with with Texas, so I'm very interested because we've talked about before how this show has a tendency because of the realities of makeup. You don't spend a lot of time you don't cover your entire actor playing a zombie in makeup so mm-hmm. there's been a lot of long sleeve wearing zombies in parts yeah. of the country where long sleeves are going to be there but you're going to see a lot more people in t-shirts right and you just don't see that in this show because it costs money to make those zombies so uh you know it's just the realities of telling stories but it's sometimes it's really really weird to look at that and go hang on <laughs> well i think didn't we didn't we establish that we decided that like, the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse had to have happened, like, you know, late October, maybe early November. That would explain why everybody's wearing long sleeves. In because Georgia? Even in Texas. Even, well, it's still winter in Georgia. <laughs> Not much of a winter in Georgia. Not much of a winter in Texas. Well, I know, but... but... still, like, you put on a... Put on a shirt, like a shirt with <laughs> sleeves and a hoodie. Well, all the zombies, and there's an infinite number of zombies in these trailers, which yeah. apparently, I don't know, we haven't we haven't figured out if this is where Althea is keeping her zombies. Right. Because... Well, yeah, because, like, where did she, when they first started pouring out of this trailer, it's like, wow, this is not a good place for her to break. And then, so Morgan and this guy fight on the roof, and Morgan knocks him off, mm-hmm. but he's, like, hanging on to, like, a pipe or something, and all the walkers start walking up to grab him, and so Morgan helps him up, and the guy, like, starts punching him, and it's like, that was really ungrateful of you. You just saved your life. And so then they, like, pile-drive each other into the roof, through the tin roof of this trailer, this into another trailer, and it's full of zombies. 
And they eat the guy. Yeah. And apparently some of them are soldiers because well, at least one of them has a bandolier of you know, hand grenades. And Morgan's like, oh, look, hand grenades. And so he takes one and he pops it and then goes and throws himself in the bathtub. And I looked at Tim and I was like, that bathtub is made of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> this is not actually, by the way, uh, yeah, it's a pro, pro tip. Uh, plastic mm-hmm. bathtubs are not going to protect right. you from the explosions. The bathroom door, it does not, like, the even, like, in the best manufactured homes, mm-hmm. all of the doors are made of balsa wood. Right. And all of the, you like, you have to, like, once you've bought it and got it to where you've got it, got it all set up, then you have to go and rebuy doors and you have to, like, outfit it with real shit because mm-hmm. when it comes from the factory, it's all fake. It's all right, fake. Yeah. Like you can, and you can like even put down hardwood floors and all mm-hmm. that stuff and make them really nice. But when they come to you, it's like laminate and shitty Berber and balsa wood doors. Right. And, you know, no insulation. Like you can hear people sleeping, and then you can hear like we could we we could fill we could record this podcast mm-hmm. in separate rooms, and your mic would pick me up perfectly. Right. <laughs> it would pick you up perfectly. Anyway, so walkers everywhere and explosions and, and the plastic tub saves Morgan. And so he gets out and uh, <laughs> he gets back to her truck and the guy is like, these keys don't work. And she goes, that's because they're to my foot locker. <laughs> And so he like jumps out to attack her, but then he's attacked, swarmed by walkers, and she mm-hmm. gets away and and gets in her gets in the SWAT van and uh, tells Morgan and and John Dory to, j- to get down, and then opens up fire with her machine guns and waylays the whole group of walkers. Luckily, they get basically get buried under a pile of walkers who don't get bite them somehow. Right. Manage to avoid get bit. Uh, and all the walkers get headshots because yeah, that's reasons. how you kill them. Yeah, and... I thought about that for a second. I was like, eh. yeah, yeah. Don't think about it too hard. It is still fear the walking dead. <laughs> oh, by the way, we are at this point uh, approximately three quarters of the way through the episode, and the cast of the Fear of the Walking Dead has, has not, not showed up. up. <laughs> this is like Fear of the Walking Dead now with less Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> They re- rebooted that shit hard. It's the Morgan Show, <laughs> and so uh, so they escape, uh-huh. and they're driving down the road. And Morgan is like, "I am only staying. Like, let me out. Let me out right here." Now, Morgan Morgan got shot by the guy on the roof. Yeah, so he has a leg wound. Yeah, and and he goes off on his own, and they're like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yes, goodbye. I'm I'm alone. I don't want to be. I don't want to be with people. I'm alone." And he told, he told a little bit of his story to them, you know. Oh yeah, because because she because uh, he's like, I want to get out of here. And she's like, you still haven't told me a story. He's like, all right, I'll stop the damn van. And so he tells basically, you know, he was with a group. There was I the war. Do you have to say Althea is videotaping these? Yeah, yeah. And they're it's the same problem with the cars because I am looking at a. Relative. This is my. We're we're filming this. You guys. We don't. We don't usually. Anytime you see a picture of the two of us on the couch, it's because I'm filming the actual podcast. Mm, that looks so bad. And we generally don't show that because we have faces for radio. You know, it's a Canon D80 that mm-hmm. we're using for this. 
and the batteries last a couple hours. They've got to be recharged. Right. And she is shooting this on a she she's shooting this on a standard definition camera. It's probably 10, 15 years old. Um, it could be newer than that, but she's shooting just by the framing. I mean, we see the, the the framing of the camera and the quality of the image. That's a standard definition camera. So the batteries on that thing are older, not as not as available. And if she's recharging them, what's she recharging them with? She could have something. Maybe she's got to plug it into the truck. But it's like, where's the tape? Mm-hmm. I'm half expecting her to sit there and go, "There is no tape. There's never been any tape. It's not about the you know record, actual recording it or whatever." Because you know, first of all, those those tapes don't last. Those tapes last a really long time. Right. But as the finding, you know, they're not as easy to find as you. Everybody's shooting the card now. So anyway, I'm looking at this, going, "This is a really cool conceit," and it doesn't make a damn bit of sense. <laughs> but mm-hmm. You know, she'd be better off with a tape recorder, right? Uh, but anyway, or, it's know, a thing. I mean, it's it's, learn it's calligraphy and get a big book. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Like you know, shows like this, um, everybody's got great teeth. Great teeth, great hair, except for Daryl. Yeah. And well, and Rick for the last right. couple of seasons. So, like, but anyway, we can pick apart the apocalypse show all we want. I know, but it's it's just one of those things so, where it's like it's it's just like the cars. It's kind of like okay. You have to set aside anything resembling reality and mm-hmm. just go with it. Like you just have to. So anyway, Morgan tells basically the the elevator pitch for The Walking Dead, right? And gets up and leaves, walks off, and they're like, "But you're bleeding from the body," and he's like, "No." <laughs> and so I must be off. And so he comes across the same car that had the guy in it who said, "We're all alone in this world. We're all alone." Mm-hmm. And it's empty. And then he sees up ahead of him a walker. Right. And so he... Well, he sees somebody walking away. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's the guy. And from this distance, you really can't tell. Because he's limping along like a walker at this yeah. point. And so you we you look at the, that figure in the distance and you know it's a walker. Right. But at the same time, you kind of look at Morgan limping along behind him and you're going, you know, maybe... I mean, it, it's obviously a walker, but then maybe. But then two walkers arise out of the ditch mm-hmm. and come lurching after Morgan. And here's the... This is, again, uh, my go-to example is that garbage <laughs> woman mm-hmm. getting the drop on Michonne. Like, there is no way, even shot in the leg, that Morgan could not dispatch two walkers in no time, but he ends up flailing and falling and, like, loses his stick, and he's like, oh, no, bubble. Well, it, it makes even less sense when you think about the fact that he knows he can catch up with that walker. Mm-hmm. Limping along all he wants, he's still going to catch up with that walker. It's not like he couldn't have just stopped right. and taken those two walkers out. And you actually said that. Why didn't he stop? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's a very odd... It's there... So that John Dory can can show up, pop up magically again, again. The language of film allows John Bo- John Dory to magically appear in the background. Well, and... luckily they actually put the truck yeah. really far away because otherwise, I'm thinking I don't care how windy it is in this scene. You would hear that truck when there is nothing else around you. Right. That far well, the, the truck is up by the van, or the the car that Morgan yeah. saw, 
And so John Dory's hopped out and run over to save Morgan, and he kills the two walkers, and they get the the walker that's up there, and it's the same guy, and Morgan kills him. And well, it, it, yes, I mean that's, but at the same time, you know, John Dory's like, "Come on, man!" And he's like, "No, no, I, I gotta know. I gotta know who this is." And and John takes the pack off Morgan and throws it over his shoulder, and then basically helps Morgan hobble up to him. And I think that's. Uh, what this episode does really, really well is it gives it gives John Dory a place where we can understand this character. Where mm. we even even without only knowing what little backstory we do know, um, we get enough of the sense of who the man is mm-hmm. that you know even if you you know even if we this is the first time we ever saw uh, Garrett Dillahunt, it'd be like this is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. So he's basically like the the. The dog in up. <laughs> you are not my friend. I love you. I will follow you now. <laughs> I had not thought of that, but that works. Uh, because that's basically what he says. He's like, he saves more. He's like, you know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be alone. And now, because you have spoken to me, you're the first person I've spoken to in a year. You will never be alone again <laughs> until I die. Um, which is maybe why Laura ended up <laughs> leaving John Dory in the first place. But we don't know. Um, so they get back in the van, in the truck. And Morgan is all like, I'm only staying with you until my leg is healed. <laughs> and and Althea is like, uh, yeah, you're going to tell me all about that tiger before I even let you get out of this van. And uh, then they see a figure falling in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And so they stop. Well, it, uh, John says, I thought you said there weren't that many people around here. And Al's like, there aren't. Yeah. Oh, and not only that, but before there, they there was a flag at the tra- at the mobile home. Fifty 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 one. Yeah. And uh, and they ended up taking it with them for some reason. And and Morgan is like, what's the deal with the flag? And Al's like, I don't know. They've been popping up all over the area recently. But there aren't people. There's nobody to ask about. Yeah, them. They're, I, just, they're just there. Yeah, she, that, and I think that's when he, she says, "Like, there's not a lot of people around, so there's no really anyone to ask." Mm-hmm. And that's when they see this woman falling in the street, and and John Dory's like, "I thought you said there was not a lot of people around here," and she's like, "There's not." And so they get out, and they're extremely cautious, except they're extremely stupid, because all three of them get out of the truck, mm-hmm. and Al says to Morgan. You know, here. here, take this semi-automatic weapon. Or no, man the man the gun, machine guns. And he's like, "No, I don't kill." And she looks at him and is like, "What?" And then John's like, uh, I, "I don't kill either." Well, I, I, I try, try not, not to. to. I try really hard not to. And she goes, oh. <laughs> "Great, great, my my <laughs> my two new companions like are you know?" You picked a great time to bring this piece of information <laughs> to my. <laughs> to mm. my attention, and but but this, my, the thing is yeah. is she doesn't stay in the truck with the guns, right? And they leave the door open. I mean, it's like really really amateur hour with the mm-hmm. you know they they're very suddenly very very trusting. But anyway, they all get out and she walks up to this figure and um it's just a mass of hair mm-hmm. and it's making noise. And and Al like leaves down. She goes, "Are you okay? Do, do you, or can can I help you?" And she calls back to Morgan, "Get the get the first aid kit." And this person looks up, and it is Wild Eye Alicia. And yeah, and, her, and, and she says, 
there are bad people here. And Al says, where? And at that moment, Alicia, like, sticks this medieval-looking, like, serrated, pointy thing right at her throat. And out of the out of the bushes, yeah, pop, pop Strand and Strand Nick, Nick and uh, Lucy, yeah. Who again? They're not going to explain how they found Lucy again. Of course not. Uh, they all pop out and basically catch them, catch them in the midst of trying to help Alicia. And it ends with Alicia kind of looking square into, or Al and Alicia looking square into each other's eyes, and Al goes. What's your story? And that's the end of the episode. And the cast of Fear the Walking Dead has arrived in the last minute and a half yeah. of the show. But I will tell you, <laughs> I think it was a really good way to show we're changing. We're making some changes. We've listened to Dustin scream into the night. <laughs> and well, you know, look, we have we spent the first three seasons. It's been. This is the fourth season of this show. Mm-hmm. You and I have spent three seasons going. Why is this so bad? Right. And why? You know, there there have been bright spots in in the Fear of the Walking Dead storytelling. We've had episodes we've really liked. We've had character moments we've really really liked. But overall, it has been a show full of dumb decisions being made by terrible people doing <laughs> terrible dumb, things. Dumb dummies who are dumb. Being <laughs> exactly. Dumb. And so, yeah, I think it, it really is a great way of of showing the folks who might have given up on the show for good reasons that it's going to be different. But, I, you know, but they my problem is, is they did it by basically going, this is a Walking Dead show with a cameo by the Fear of the Walking Dead cast. And... Well, there's been a lot of speculation for a while that... Well, when they when they said they were going to essentially do a hard reboot of *The right. Walking Dead*, that what they're going to do is basically make these into one show, right? And there will be two separate casts, but it will it will be much more the same show. Well, I think what's interesting about about this show is they had the opportunity to do something very very fresh and very you know the same concept but but unencumbered by the comic book continuity in any way mm-hmm. not having to, to to follow any of those characters uh, or even kind of you know run up against fan expectations and yet they spent the first season just going this is a dumb thing we're doing and here's another dumb thing we're doing mm-hmm. and here's another dumb thing we're doing and it really kind of turned a lot of people off right, right away and yet, and and they sort of have been stumbling their way. The third season, you and I both enjoyed the third season better much, than the much second more. season and the first season. And I think once they kind of, because they were trying to follow that formula, they really wanted they wanted it to be Travis to be Rick, Chris to be Carl, uh, Madison to be Lori. They wanted to just basically re redo Walking Dead. The cast, the same archetypes. But when they... And I think the show started to get better when they pivoted away from Travis and towards Madison and also towards the fact, which they had hinted at strongly in the first season and more started to get more 
concrete in the second season when they started to really be like, and Madison will is has no qualms about murdering your ass. Like when they pivoted away from Travis mm-hmm. and focused the show on Madison and then said, and Madison is not afraid to fuck you up. Well, that's when the show started getting better. The, pro- the problem with, with Madison and and Travis as being the similar kind of characters as, as the Walking Dead characters is that they did not make Travis the kind of character... I mean, Rick was an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Rick was a police officer. Rick was trained to do, you know, to organize things, to lead things, to to be a peace officer. That wasn't Travis's role. And... Travis was, instead of giving an arc where Travis went from the go-along to get-along kind of guy, that he kind of was initially, mm-hmm. by the time they gave Travis the growth that he needed to have, um, it was too late. Mm-hmm. And by the time, and very, very quickly, we, we went from having Madison being you know this teacher housewife, or guidance counselor. Yeah, housewife. she was a guidance counselor. Um, by the time we had... You know, she was full fledged. Hi there, I'm a sociopath, <laughs> and I'm the main, I'm the height of the main one of the main characters, and you're supposed to be rooting for me, but I am a sociopath. Uh, they had not given Travis the development that he needed to have at that point, and and we all hated Chris with a passion because oh Chris was so awful. But I mean, some of Travis's best stuff was when he's like trying to legitimately trying to save his son, mm-hmm. but it's way too late for you to care. Right. I mean, it's it'd be one thing if we cared deeply about Travis at that point and watching Chris become, you know, as awful as he was, but we we'd lost our investment in Travis. And even when they had a good mo- Travis moment, it was like, well, that doesn't make up for the four episodes before where it's just like, oh god, Travis, shut I gotta up! Gotta save my son! I gotta save my son! Gotta save my son! And it's unfortunate because Cliff Curtis is actually a really fine actor. Oh, yeah. And he's he was not given good material to work with here. And so as much as and and we, when we did get good great material for him, we had like three great mm-hmm. great Travis episodes in a row, and then they killed him. And it's right. like, well, <laughs> and it doesn't help that hurt that Kim Dickens was more than willing to go there. Like, oh yeah, she was, and uh, uh, the the woman who plays Alicia's name is Alicia too, but I can't remember her last name. Again, the Debnam cr- Carey. It's not Alicia? No, it is Alicia. It's oh. Alicia Debnam Carey. Oh. Um, but but they created Madison and Alicia ended up creating a relationship that is very real in that Madison had devoted her life to protecting Nick and to trying to get Nick clean and to, you know, being there in that way. And so Alicia basically had to raise herself. Mm-hmm. And so now they had this dynamic where these two women were had to be together. Right. And learn who each other were. And so they gave the... And, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm glad they did, you know. Well, it, it's unfortunate that we basically had to go through three seasons to get these characters to the point where... Uh, we were, especially with Madison and Alicia, really, really mm-hmm. invested in the characters. Nick, who started off as being probably the most interesting character in the show, mm-hmm. quickly became an example of, God, you're an idiot. Right. And, you know, 
Never felt a, never found a cult leader I didn't want to follow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, will you be my dad? Yeah, I, I know you're a, a maid, you're a lady, but will you be my dad? Oh, God. Are you insane? Because I want to oh, be your friend. Yeah. And, you know, but, and Strand with, you know, the, Strand's best character moments were like the six episodes before he found his, got back with his husband. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a very when frustrating show. When he was a show. mystery, when he was a mystery mm-hmm. character, when you didn't know what his motivations were mm-hmm. and why he was who he was, that's when he was the best on that show. Yeah. From now, but now they've basically they've torn it all down, and so they're restarting. And I think that's and that's good for this show. I'm very clear, curious to see where they're going to go because we have not even seen the full additions to the cast. Mm-hmm. Jenna Elfman. Jim, yeah. It's. And, just, I think it, she's the only other one. It's going to be a really, really interesting uh, series. So something to watch here. I'm I'm looking forward to it in a way that we definitely have been have not been looking forward to with this show. I mean, you and I do enjoy a little bit of the hate watch. Mm. There's something about us that's really, really broken and wrong that we like to watch really bad things and go and po- poke at each other. And think, exactly. This is so bad. I don't know what's wrong with us. How did this happen? But yeah, so it's a. Uh, uh, it's it's got some promise, and I think this was an interesting and effective way. But it was really damn funny to sit there and go, "We're a quarter of the episode in, and none of the Fear the Walking Dead cast are here, and we're halfway through, and look, it's still Morgan, and we're three quarters of the way through, and oh look, a minute and a half of the show is left, and oh there they are." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's fun. I I didn't hate it. I, I was entertained. Didn't hate it, but we can't really. We have to be careful because. Us not hating this is not us hating fear. The, not, not we have had fear. our hearts broken by this show mm-hmm. again. Actually, no, we didn't. We haven't invested that much emotion in the show to, to have our hearts no. broken. But no, it was this was this was a good start, and I think it's a as far as the reboots go, the rebooting the show. I think it's a good place to start with it. Yes. So this episode, like I said, is the second episode of Zompocalypse Now this week. Great. The We're first, not doing this again. The first episode is coming out on. Oh, maybe this summer we'll do maybe two or three. Tuesday, six, seven. Well, because we have several shows that we do want to cover. Uh, uh, certain certain other zombie shows are coming back. Tana Clarity Diet. That's right. Um, we should do some more of The Mist. Yes, we should. Um, what else? We could do some other stuff. There's all kinds of stuff we do. Anyway, uh, so this episode will be coming out on Thursday of this week. Fear uh, The regular The Walking Dead season finale is going to come out on Tuesday. Uh, which is tomorrow, tomorrow as we're recording this. And then this episode will come out on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll be back on our regular schedule next week with an episode a week. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. If you could find us on Facebook and become a fan uh, on Facebook, uh, and if you listen to us on iTunes or podcast.com or wherever it is you're hearing us, if you could rate us and give us a review or a comment, that would be fantastic. We would love to hear from you. Um, and maybe you'll find a, maybe we'll have a Twitter account here one of these minutes. So, uh, as always, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And we will see you guys next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.